Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. When he says, I shall not want, I believe he expands that and explains that and expounds that in the following verses. He brings you to places of rest. He restores your soul when you feel burnt out. He leads you in the paths of righteousness when you're looking for the right way. And then when you come to the valley of the shadow of death, He's right there with you. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet Today Pastor Ed continues our sermon series in the Psalms. We will learn that our shepherd Jesus Christ is there with us even in the shadowlands. Dark days and storms do come in the life of a believer. However, the psalmist writes that God will walk with us during those dark days. Our Lord will help sustain in the valley and lead us out to greener pastures to peace and rest. Pastor Ed encourages us to choose Jesus as our shepherd. Those that don't call Christ Lord will never experience His perfect rest. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message in Psalm 23. I could still hear the door slamming and picture the glass bulletproof window and the long corridors with metal doors closing behind and guards standing beside them. Every week I would go into the Huntington prison and teach a Bible study to prisoners. I remember in our community when we pastored there, occasionally you would hear an alarm. And that alarm sounded throughout the community that some prisoner had escaped. And everybody would be on the alert until they were captured or found. And I thought, it would be pretty hard to escape that prison. But there's a prison that absolutely no one escapes from. No one has ever broken out of. It's spelled W-A-N-T, want. The psalmist David said, I shall not want. We know what that prison house is like. Perhaps... You spent some time in there. People always feeling that just a little bit more money. That's what I want. A, a better position, better job. That's what I want. Well, when I get married, then I'll be happy. Well, when I find a new spouse, that's when I'll be happy. If I could just have enough security to retire. It's always one more want. Just, just one thing. Mark Twain said, you don't know what it is you want 
but it's just, just fairly makes your heart ache. You want it so much. You have this feeling. And once you get it, maybe it, it's that faster car. Maybe it's that educational degree. Perhaps it's, well, whatever it is. It never quite satisfies. The more money you get, the Scripture tells us, whoever loves money never has enough money. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. That's what Ecclesiastes 5.10 tells us. Well, maybe it's that position. Well, someone has said, um, those who never have success don't really know how empty it is. That, That person says, just when I get married. You know, they, they believe this fairy tale that happily ever after. Ask any married couple here if that fairy tale is real. Uh, people somehow have this idea that if they can accumulate enough, then they can retire early. It reminds me of this little poem I read. Since I have retired from life's competition, each day is filled with complete repetition. I get up each morning and dust off my wits, go pick up the paper and read the obits. If my name isn't there, I know I'm not dead. I get a good breakfast and go back to bed. (laughs) The psalmist points us to the way of freedom. He points us to the only way out of the prison of want, knowing the good shepherd, he tells us, is more than enough. Knowing the good shepherd is more than enough. He says, I shall not want. See, it's the good shepherd that takes care of the sheep. It's knowing the good shepherd that meets our deepest needs. It's having a relationship with him. Once you have a relationship with him, that changes everything in life. I remember when I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, all of life changed at that moment. All of life changed. I walked outside And it seemed as though a great burden had been taken off my back. Life seemed alive with meaning and hope. And for those who have accepted Christ, you could remember back B.C., before Christ, and how different it was when you received the Lord, the joy, the peace, the satisfaction, the meaning. Now, the good shepherd provides more than enough. In John 10.10 it reads, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and how? And have it more abundantly. Uh, What is this abundant life that he's speaking about? I think he's talking about Psalm 23. When you need rest, he gives you rest. When he says, I shall not want, 
I believe he expands that and explains that and expounds that in the following verses. He brings you to places of rest. He restores your soul when you feel burnt out. He leads you in the paths of righteousness when you're looking for the right way. And then when you come to the valley of the shadow of death, he's right there with you to comfort you and console you. He prepares a table, a feast table for you in the presence of your enemies. See, it's more than saying that you're not going to go through times of need. You are going to go through times of need. But those needs somehow are going to be mitigated, as it were, because the presence of God is with you. I can't explain it, and it sounds otherworldly because it is, but it happens. Jesus told us, in this world we would have tribulation. That's a part of our existence. That's a part of the journey. But that's not the only part. You choose what master, who your master will be. But your master chooses what your destiny will be. See, you choose who your master will be. Philip Keller, who wrote on the 23rd Psalm, was also a shepherd. He described in his book a scene. There was a farm right next to his. And he said there was a sheep farm right beside his. But that shepherd never cared for a sheep. The grass was brown. He left them out in the cold elements. He never took care of them. And he said, it seemed as though the sheep would look with wanting eyes on the green pastures that he shepherded, his farm. Who your shepherd is determines the quality of your life. You know, someone has said that everything rises and falls on leadership. If you work under a cruel boss, that just is going to impact your day. It's going to impact your life. If you work under someone who is just out for themselves, that's going to impact the quality of your life. If you work for a company that's always trying to get out of you and never trying to give you anything, it's going to impact you. If you serve the shepherd and you choose him as your master. He's going to take care of you. Psalm 23 is yours. It's his contract with you. So it's who you choose to be your master. That will determine the quality of your life. If you're going around and complaining, always wanting something, I question who's your master. If we're critical, complaining, murmuring, there is one thing for certain the shepherd is not very real to you. Because the more real the shepherd becomes to us, the more content we become. Because those who are being led by still waters are drinking deep of the cup of gratitude. And those who drink deep of the cup of gratitude sense a completeness about their lives rather than a lack. Now, 
Our good shepherd provides more than enough. Our good shepherd is more than enough. In Ezekiel 34, 14 to 15, I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in rich pasture. On the mountains of Israel, I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. There's something about desiring God that mitigates the trials and pains and problems of life. When we desire God more than we desire anything else, we're never empty. Your situation and circumstance in life may not be what you want it to be. You may have pain, sadness, suffering, and sorrow. But when your deepest desire is for God, when your heart is focused on Him and He is central in your life, all other desires are secondary. When you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, it is, as it were, a healing balm that's loosed in your soul and you're filled with satisfaction. The songwriter said, satisfied, satisfied. He said he'd be my comforter. He said he'd be my guide. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied. That's what David experienced. He followed the shepherd. Sure, there were times of poverty in his life. Sure, there were times of persecution in his life. Sure, there were times of deprivation in his life. But he said, I shall not want because he had what was most central to life he had God it was Max Lucado who said what you have in your shepherd is greater than what you don't have in your life think about that what you have in your shepherd is greater than what you don't have in your life there's a lot of things that you might like to change. But when he shepherds you, that hole, that void, that pain, it's filled with his presence. And he's more than enough. Now, following the good shepherd means, what does it mean? Knowing the good shepherd is more than enough, but following the good shepherd means, I shall not want. We are not defined by what we have or don't have. Let me say that again. I'd like to change that. We are not defined by what we have or don't have. Now that's what our culture would want us to define ourselves by. In Luke twelve fifteen, I'm reading from the message translation. Speaking to the people, he went on, take care, protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. You know, in India, for years and years, now the remnants are still there of a class system. 
You had a social class. And by what class you were in determined the value of who you were. Now, in America, we're a democracy. We don't have a class society, or do we? What does our consumer mentality teach us? You're defined by the house you live in, the car you drive, the clothes you wear, the position that you hold. God doesn't look at things the way man does. He doesn't look at the suit you wear, the job you hold, the money you have or don't have. He looks at what? The heart. He looks at our hearts. That's how he defines us. What's the condition of our heart with him, with one another, with his kingdom? And our consumer mentality would teach us, actually train us, create in us, as it were, desires for more. Doesn't that, isn't that what commercials do? Isn't that what advertisement is for? You, you need this, you need that, you need the other thing. We are taught to want. You know, you take your children through the grocery store when they're young and they see all the various packages. I want that, Mama. I want that. I want that. I want that. As we go through life, we submerge those outward expressions of I want, but still they're inside of us. We live in a culture that creates desires within us for more. But God wants you to come into a counterculture that says, I want less because I have him. One of the signs that we have him is that we want less because we have all that we really want. We have God. Some of God's greatest Gifts are unanswered prayers. Garth Brooks sang a song years ago, and in the song he told about a 40-year-old man who met a woman at some function and she looked vaguely familiar to him. And then he remembered when he was in seventh grade, he used to pray that she would fall in love with him. And now, 20-some-odd years later, he looks, and he's glad that God didn't answer his prayer. <laughs> uh, he wrote the song, not me. <laughs> but we know that God's greatest blessings sometimes to us are unanswered prayers. Benjamin Franklin said, if a man could have half his wishes, he would double his troubles. Ecclesiastes tells us, naked a man comes from his mother's womb, and as he comes, so he departs. He takes nothing from his labor and then he care, that he can carry in his hand. We are not defined but what, by what we have or don't have. We are not controlled by what we have or don't have. When we are walking with the good shepherd... And he is shepherding our lives. We're not going to be controlled by the things that control people of the world. In Philippians 4.11, it reads, I have learned to be content 
whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. And in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, God, give us the ability to be content. A short-term missionary went on a missions trip. He saw a woman in front of him, and she was worshiping. And then she turned around, and she was a leper. No fingers. Her face was so marred. And she said to the short-term missionary, she said, would you mind if we would sing Count Your Blessings? He was leading the worship. He could hardly get through that song. Afterwards, someone asked him, I guess you'll never see that, sing that song again. He said, no, I will, but I'll sing it a lot differently. Man went to his pastor. He was distressed. He looked at him and said, Pastor, I've lost everything. He said, I'm sorry to hear that. You've lost your faith. No, the man corrected him. I haven't lost my faith. Well, uh, I'm sad to hear that you have lost your character. I didn't say that, he corrected. I still have my character. Uh, I'm sorry to hear then that you've lost your salvation. That's not what I said, objected the man. I haven't lost my salvation. He said, well, wait a minute. You haven't lost your faith. You haven't lost your character. You haven't lost your salvation. It seems to me you've lost nothing that really matters. What would you put under that line? I want. What's that one thing you want? Fill in the blank for a moment. What is it? Better health, new car, new home, better job, better family. What is it? I like the way Max Locato closes this chapter in his book, and this is the gist of it. He said, say with me, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he said, say it again, the Lord is my shepherd. Say it a third time. The Lord is my shepherd. Shh. I think I hear the prison door opening. When he is our shepherd, we can say, I shall not want. Doesn't mean there isn't pain. There isn't times of emptiness. But it does mean He's all in all, and he fills the voids with his presence. It's an old song, and it's true. It says, he is all I need. That's all. That's what life is all about. It sounds radical. It sounds controversial. It sounds counterculture. 
because it is. God's answer to your deepest needs. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's 14-part series in the Book of Psalms. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and for more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores.